You're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle with Mela Borowski. Thoughts from a Southern Witch. Should have studied witchcraft. Should have learned to ride a broom. So me and my black cat could fly through the skies underneath the moon. Hey y'all, I'm Mella, and you're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle. I've invited one of our previous guests back today, and I am thrilled that he's here with me. We've got executive occultist and magical practitioner Saul Ravencraft with us. Saul provides diversion and escape for people with demonstrations of mind powers, strange tales, and weird artifacts. He tells fortunes and is a true believer in the power of intention. Saul, I'm so glad you're spending time with me today. Me too. I'm glad you were able to to be here. I understand that you're a little under the weather right now. I'm a little under the weather. This is about day 16 of dealing with COVID. My entire family has been sick with COVID, but because of some underlying conditions, I am just kind of dragging along. So I do um, ask everyone to bear with me as, you know, I'm, I'm still recovering and I truly appreciate anybody's prayers and uh, energy healing or whatever you want to send my way to continue because this stuff is no joke. (laughs) You heard that folks, she just gave you permission. So if you want to do magical healing work on her behalf, you can, you should. I would absolutely appreciate that. I've had a lot of people doing that throughout this whole process and it has really, really made a difference. So yeah, thanks for asking about that. Now, Saul, since you've been on the podcast, what's been going on in the bizarre world of Saul Ravencraft? Any, <laughs> any exciting news or any new weird artifacts? Well, uh, I actually do have an artifact that I'm hoping to uh, get hold of. Uh, it's an unusual thing. It is, it is a, an Egyptian mummified head. Ooh. Um, and when we look at Egyptian artifacts, there are the royal artifacts that get treated with a lot of respect and pomp and circumstance and curses and all that fun stuff but people didn't practice mummification on the king Mm. it's it's a complicated art to Mm -hmm. mummify someone and so there are a number of people more particularly priests and things like that that would offer themselves up for this so that people could learn the arts of mummification. And my understanding is that this head is one such artifact. It may have imperfections. Uh, I don't know absolutely. I've seen some photos um, and uh, I believe that there is always a metaphysical component to something like this. Uh, I don't see how uh, an artifact, uh, an actual human component like bones or (laughs) or anything can fail to have a connection right with with its owner if you will so i'm very excited about that um there's a lot of process in getting something that to your doorstep and we're engaged (laughs) in that and uh, i'm i'm looking forward to that Uh, i also uh, recently did a wonderful little workshop called tea and tarot and uh, this was with my uh, my buddy, Madam Z, who is a tarot reader and a, a full-on witchy person here in Austin who is all about woman empowerment. Uh, but we get along really well and find that we balance each other out very well. So we did something called Tea and Tarot. It was at this lovely little place called Michelle's Patisserie in Austin. Wow. And we had basically a high tea served to us by a woman with a lovely English accent. So you know it was good. <laughs> and we talked tarot with seekers and talked about ways to help people get those cards out of the drawer and feel confident with it. Uh, I shared some of the things that I like to do with beginners. We went over basic elements of interpreting the cards without the little white book. and also um, how to approach the cards intuitively because as you know any oracle mm-hmm. has an intuitive component to it absolutely and i think when you reach your pinnacle 
when you really start to get the hang of, of your, your bad witchy self, uh, you, you let go of what it's supposed to mean yeah. and let it speak to you directly. And ultimately, you know, when you're really doing it, you're able to let go of all the tools and just say, reveal. Mm -hmm. and, and things will be shown to you. That's a scary thing to do, though. It's nice to have that little thing to point to, the numbers or the cards or the, uh, the, the chart that says, well, see, it says right here. <laughs> that's not me saying that. That's that saying that. But even when you are using a tool, you're doing some level of interpretation. There's usually seven different ideas uh, that are presented by one set of of information and you know 17 ways to say that thing mm. and and it's fascinating how many times doing readings that I have struggled for a moment what word to say and just open myself up to being given what to say and I say it in a way that I wouldn't normally say it I use words I wouldn't normally use or, or come at it from a, a metaphor that is not common to that. It just feels right at the time. And that hits with the person so solidly. And that's intuition. Yeah. That's intuition. And that's, that's connection with your higher self and whatever informs you when you do readings, which is mysterious. Yeah, totally agree with that. I have found that even in my own readings with the Oracle cards, that's what I mostly use, that when I just let myself share whatever I need to share, it it hits people differently. And I've seen too many people who are so married to that book that they don't allow themselves to shine. Everybody has the gift of intuition. We all are intuitive people. We're just not all connected to it. We don't listen to it all the time. And I've just found that when I tell people, don't look at the book, Go through every card, figure out what it means to you. Even if it's tarot, figure out what it's telling you and what your own personal symbols are for intuition. People just look at me like I'm crazy. Well, no, I have to follow the book. No, it's so much more powerful when you just speak from your own intuition, wherever that intuition is in your body. They're more like guidelines. Right, <laughs> right. Well, and I'll share I'll share something uh, that I encourage for beginners that uh, I actually talked about in our tea and tarot class. And if those cards are sitting in the drawer and you're not trusting yourself with them, just take your 78 card deck and pull out the major arcana and the aces and set the other cards aside. Don't throw them away. You will want them later. But if you start with a major arcana and the aces, aces are beginnings and strong elemental energies, and the major arcana is not subtle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now, now the, the thing is, is when you do a reading with this, you don't want to do like a 13 card spread because that's <laughs> completely overwhelming. You do two or three cards. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Right. So uh, it's like watching one of those later Godzilla movies where all the monsters show up at once. <laughs> uh, but uh, but if you do that, you cannot fail to interpret what comes out of that reduced stack. It's 26 cards, very easy to, to work with. And once you do that and you prove to yourself that, yes, you can do a powerful, meaningful reading then it's time to bring those other cards in and to carry the experience that you had with this reduced set into what happens when those other cards pop up in front of you. Because it all takes practice. Yeah. Intuition takes practice. Connection takes practice. And once you have some training wheels <laughs> and make it <laughs> yeah. simpler for yourself and you go, oh, this is... This is cool. <laughs> and you're not intimidated. You're not afraid of being wrong, which is, I think, what ties people to that little white book. Yeah. Then, yeah. then that whole aspect opens up for you and you will keep those, those cards out of the drawer. Yeah, that is great advice. And y'all, I know some of y'all listening have those cards and you don't know how to use them or you don't know what you're supposed to do. That is great advice for you. So thank you for that. 
Now, Saul, you've mentioned that you've got a paranormal weekend coming up in late September 2021 in Texas. Yes, this is very exciting. What does a weekend with an executive occultist entail? <laughs> well, it's bound to be luxurious, isn't it? Hmm. Well, uh, we're going to be as luxurious as we can in Bartlett, Texas, which is a tiny little town um, about an hour northeast of Austin. And it's got a fascinating history. It's one of the few towns that I know of that has a very woman-empowered history. The founders were women, and the, mm. the people who helped grow the town in its early history were women. Wow. Uh, and you, you, don't, you don't hear that a lot. Yeah. I think it happens more often, even if they're the power behind the throne, so mm -hmm. to speak. I, I don't think that there were a lot of powerful men that honestly did things without their woman's approval <laughs> <laughs> because they they needed her to uh, to help support the image yeah but Bartlett is is uh, it was uh, mostly a product of the cotton community in the area and then uh, they managed to work a railroad going through which helped the cotton industry and it helped the town uh, a great deal and that's when those muddy roads got paved with bricks mm. and uh, it has gone into a lot of decline there uh, is not a lot of business going on in Bartlett most of the residents of Bartlett are there to support the cotton industry and other farming work in the area uh, and you know, the, the mechanics and, and all the things that, that go with that kind of industry mm -hmm. um, but there are some significant haunted histories there in Bartlett. Mm. And so Madam Z, uh, the same one that I teamed up with on the tea and tarot, and we're going to be doing all kinds of stuff together. This was our first idea. We both wanted to do this sort of a thing. And she's done some excursions before. I've done some events before. But this was the first one really like this that we are aware of. Uh, and it's going to be from 3.30 on Friday to about 11.45 a.m. on Sunday. Okay. We're going to spread people between a couple of haunted bed and breakfast locations. One is the old Bartlett National Bank. Mm. And the other one is uh, an old uh, Bartlett church uh, mm. that was an active church until, I believe, about 1980. Okay. Um, and, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes because there's interesting stuff about that. But the, uh, those, those have been converted into bed and breakfasts, but they still retain a lot of their original feel. And there's so much history associated with those places. The owner of those two places is also a historical and haunted tour guide in the area. And so she's going to first fully uh, inform us about where we're staying but also take us on a tour that covers the little downtown area in Bartlett and some of the interesting historic locations in Bartlett. Uh, there's an old, nasty little jail that <laughs> <laughs> it was, was a little uncomfortable to, to be with, but uh, we're, we're going to visit there. Uh, we also have a cemetery tour that we're going to do with the curator of the cemetery who is on our team, metaphysically speaking. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a segregated cemetery, so we're going to get into some of that history and also some of the legends uh, and lore of the people there and, and what may have occurred there. And we've got another tour which is done by someone who is a professional historian who's really going to focus on a lot of the historical aspects uh, and who, what, and where. We'll be walking by some sites that have uh, particular histories. Uh, there's one alley that is known for a legend they call the Phantom, mm. uh, which you'll get to experience. And uh, we've got some catered meals. They're all being done by local people. Uh, there's this little place called the Red and White Grocery. And last time we were there, uh, I did um, I did their fish. They had fried fish uh, on the Friday. And let me tell you, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's, it's that good home cooking. 
we've got our dinner on Saturday is going to be catered by um, a local barbecue joint that specializes in barbecued sausage. Now, if you are vegan, let us know when you sign up. We can absolutely make accommodations for people who are vegetarian, vegan. We need a, a non-meat opportunity, but we will need to know. Yeah. But we'll yeah. take care of you. We'll take care of you. Uh, and the, the whole weekend, including accommodations, the meals that are catered, three different tours, and we're going to do a ghost exploration and seance as a group in one of the properties. Wow. $555. Wow. That is amazing. That's really amazing. And so have you ever done any type of paranormal investigation on any of those properties yourself before? I have not. Uh, Madam Z participated in one investigation in Bartlett. She invited me to come along, but I was out of town and could not join her. It was sort of a last minute kind of thing. Hey, can you kind of Bartlett right now? Well, <laughs> No, I'm kind of in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be your first time too. For for this area, yeah. Okay. And one of the things that, that we are doing here that we think is really important is we're going very old school on this. Mm. I don't even like to call these things investigations because okay. the thing, investigations and ghost hunting and all that puts these ideas into it that are not necessarily the right ideas, mm. right? Ghost hunting. You're not going to catch the ghost and eat it or mount it on your wall, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's much more It's much more akin to bird watching mm. than it is to hunting uh, because you are trying to encounter these entities in their habitat and observe and report about it's much more like bird watching. That makes sense, yeah. So, so ghost watching to me is a much better, is a much less aggressive term yeah. and much more in tune with what it is we're trying to do. And it, it removes some of the, the violence from it. Because I think when you walk in with a certain aggressive attitude, ooh, you're not gonna scare me, ooh, we're gonna get you, that, that comes out in your vibration. That affects the experience that you have or don't have mm -hmm. because the ghosts just silently give you the finger because you're an idiot. <laughs> I've talked about this to some of the paranormal investigators that have come on the show and pretty much we've decided that if you go in there saying, this is the most evil place in America and I'm gonna be scared out of my wits that a lot of times they'll say, all right now, you know, yeah, we're gonna do this for you. <laughs> but if you go in more respectful, it's a different experience. Right. And, and the other, the other thing is, is the idea of investigation. Um, I mean, if you are someone who is genuinely scientifically investigating a place, you've got your sensor array set up that does the time codes and, and all of that, the way that scientists investigate things, mm -hmm. and you are preparing your data in a format that is consistent with scientific nomenclature, that's fantastic. We definitely need some of that to help us understand these things. But if that's not you, <laughs> then, then pretending to be scientific is is kind of like playing playing doctor with the dolls you know you you may you may use a few buzzwords that you heard on tv or something yeah. like that but you're not really contributing to the scientific understanding of these things and i don't think there's anything wrong with that if that's mm. not the way if that's not your background and that's not what you're equipped for and, and that's not what you're connected with that's totally okay mm. why not just explore yeah and look for the experiences and one thing that we're doing here is we're going very old school on all of this i mean if you want to bring your infrared camera and your emf meter that's fine we won't have anything like that ourselves but we're going to go back old school we're going to look at pendulums we're going to look at uh, candle communication is one of the ones that i really like to do when i perform mm. seances we may we may interact with a, a talking board or or a, a turned glass or something like that. Mm -hmm. We'll see how everybody feels because this is going to be a product of what Madam Z and I do and the people who show up. Yeah. Um, but the whole purpose of this 
is to give you the opportunity to, in an undistracted fashion, open your intuition and your own mediumistic capabilities because everybody's a medium. Mm. Everybody is a medium to some degree. Mm-hmm. We, it, it may be that all we connect with is our, our ancestors or, or you know, there, there may be limitations. We may never see anything, but we feel things. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and the whole point is to put people into a mode where they can be with fellow seekers, experienced people, and open that stuff up and see what they can find. That's, that sounds so incredible. And I hope that some of our listeners who are in the area or can get to the area in Texas where you're doing this are able to go there. Are you ever afraid when you're dealing with spirits? Well, I think I'm afraid in, in many situations, dealing with spirits among them. I mean, when you're doing spell casting and the spell really matters, mm-hmm. uh, or, or you're, you're worried about doing something that is going to tip things in the wrong direction, mm. there's that fear, there's, there's that unknown there. And I think, I think an intelligent person experiences that in many different situations. Mm-hmm. But I think also we have the ability, especially uh, as witchy people, to master that sort of thing mm-hmm. and to face it unabashedly, to, to not let it shut us down. Yeah, uh, That's the discipline. Uh, and having someone with you that's been there, done that, I think helps. Yeah. Entering into it in a mode where you're not trying to sensationalize it you're mm-hmm. really looking for the encounter and not for the big bad to jump out and get you right <laughs> <laughs> right if if that's the situation you're trying to create you, you damn well should be scared <laughs> yeah definitely because <laughs> <laughs> you you're you're trying to make yourself food mm-hmm. uh, uh, why would you do that <laughs> <laughs> exactly well people do that out of arrogance don't they Mm, they don't. Yeah. They don't think it's going to happen. They don't. They don't know what's possible, and so they they want to they want to shake the tree and beat their chest about it. Mm-hmm. Um, those of us who have been in the shadows for a while, those of us who have gone down the rabbit hole, know that it is weird, and mm-hmm. and that there are things that are bigger than you, and older than you, right. and more powerful than you, and so. Ideally, you enter into that with the right mixture of confidence Mm -hmm. and humility. Right. I think people are missing that a lot. I hear it from so many people. It's either all confidence or all fear. They don't have that balance at all. Well, I think that's one of the reasons why I'm especially excited about what we're doing. Madam Z and I have similar thoughts about magical practice and, and many of these kinds of things. Even though we're, we're different people in many ways, uh, our, our fundamental outlooks are very similar. Mm-hmm. And we're, we both understand that whatever works for you works, mm. right? If you need to wear the magic shoes while you're doing your magic, then you do. Right. But you don't really. Mm. If you think you do, you do, <laughs> right? And and there's nothing wrong with the magic shoes. Some of them are fabulous, <laughs> right? right? And there's something cool about doing magic in your fabulous magic shoes. Mm-hmm. I I like to put it on when I, you know, I know I can do magic in shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> but I I do like putting on my Saul Ravencraft garb and walking around with my skull-headed cane and and just being spectacular when i'm doing these kinds of things and and i think that that there's there's something really fun about that Uh, Mm -hmm. madam z and i were talking the other day about high magic and all that ritual and all that effort and all that pomp and circumstance and how it's so much work but sometimes it's really cool (laughs) it is i agree i i mean i'm all about folk magic i come Mm -hmm. from a folk magic style use whatever's in your kitchen use whatever's in your yard but i am also 
high ceremonial magic. I love the ritual and the, I don't want to say spectacle, but I love that part of it of getting dressed up and having your special things and doing it a certain way. I see both sides of it. I think, like you're saying, you could do it in a t-shirt and tennis shoes or barefoot. I do it all the time in in t-shirt and jeans. But sometimes it's just so nice to have that kind of pomp and circumstance and make it feel different. Well, and just like uh, the Super Bowl feels like a really special football game, Mm -hmm. even though it's kind of like all the others, they they (laughs) play it the same way, same rules. Doing something like high magic periodically puts you in a it, one. It, it's 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 just big. The energy in something like that is really big, mm-hmm. and it's good to be exposed to that at least every once in a while. Yeah, and also you learn from things like that. I've been to more intense ceremonies where the people who are doing the invocations and calling the corners, all that, do it in an almost Shakespearean way. (laughs) And those words hit you in a way that they don't when people are just going, you know, I call the spirit of fire, hail and welcome. (laughs) Right. Uh, (laughs) You get someone who goes, I call to the spirit of fire. Hail and welcome. And you're just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're doing magic, right? Yeah, it, it, it also reminds you that you can bring some of that energy into your own work, even if you are in the jeans and tennis shoes. Right. You, there's no reason why you can't be your own version of spectacular there. Mm. I think that's the, the whole point of, of what we're doing over the weekend. And, and just our whole philosophy is magic and spirit connection and all of these things are our connections with the universe Mm. our connections deeply personal yeah and that means that no one really gets to judge your connection with the universe which is interesting i've got a few people in my world that that are constantly popping up to tell me who or what i shouldn't be associating with those people are everywhere aren't they yeah yeah uh, but the, the other side of it is that there's a lot of subtlety that goes on in this stuff. Mm. Um, if, you're, if you're a Harry Potter fan, and I'm sure there are a few here. Yeah, a few. Um, you know, we know that everything is glowy and loud and awesome. And <laughs> my candles never do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Right? I cast the spell and I go, it is done, it is done, it is done. Isn't it? <laughs> right? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> right? And you 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 get into that mode where where these things are really whispers. Mm. That's not very interesting in a book or a movie or something like that. It's gotta be big, it's gotta be showy because there's no other way that you can experience it. But in reality, these things are very subtle. And when you're when you're in a place trying to make a connection with spirit, you have to listen Mm. because it's it's most likely going to come as a whisper. And if if you're if you're all focused on your gadgets and and all that, you're going to miss it. Yeah, you're going to miss that touch. And the same thing with magic in most cases. Honestly, I mean, isn't this true for you? Your magic, when it works, is sort of like a coincidence. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. There, there's no, you don't even hear the, the little chimes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, and, and anyone you say, well, I did the spell and this, this happened, they go, ah, that would have happened. Right. Right. But no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, as you get into this lifestyle, you discover that these coincidences stack up. That's right. And and that's that's the proof. But it takes a certain amount of, of effort. And I think it, it takes practice and good examples to get you into the mode where you can hear the whispers and feel the tiny little tingles or itches uh that that magic gives to us 
shops. Mm. And uh, it's hard to do because everybody's selling something. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I love the idea of it being a whisper because that is definitely how I feel a lot of my magic has happened. I mean, I have had some crazy things as everybody who's done this for a little bit of time. I've had crazy things happen. I did a, a ritual outside in my backyard on midsummer several years ago. And that night lightning struck the tree in our circle and a wind came and hit our circle and blew our chairs, which were still out there to the road. But that does not always, you know, that's like one time in 20 yeah. years that lightning struck the point of, <laughs> and it's probably because we were messing with the Fae, but that's another story. Well, but how many times in one's life do they receive a letter from the Pope? Mm. Good point. <laughs> Once is plenty. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, yeah. But it doesn't mean that the other stuff wasn't powerful. Like no, I've had so no. many powerful things happen, but they were whispers, they were subtle. And most of the time when things happen, I don't even tell anybody that I did anything. Right. They right. just happen. Yeah. And the other more maddening aspect of it, I talked to a, a medium about this who, who I interviewed many years ago about how do you tell the difference between what pops into your head from spirit and stuff you're making up? Mm. And we talked about, and, and he, his immediate response was, that's a really interesting question because it feels like it comes from the same place. Mm. But over time you learn to discern, mm -hmm. you, you learn the difference between what's being given to you and what, what you're, what's coming from your own creative juices. And I find that that's true with, with both mediumship and magical things. That the whisper, oh my gosh, the whisper is a blessing because at least you can go, oh, I heard this thing. Yeah. Yeah, I heard this. But, but I think what is more frustrating and what is more common is it comes to you as an idea. Hmm. You, you just get this feeling about something, this understanding of something. Mm -hmm. This idea just pops into your head. And the inclination is to go, well, I'm just making that up, and you blow that off. Yeah. But I think, quite honestly, most of us get connections like that from spirit, where they just plant an idea in our heads. Mm -hmm. And... and you can't prove that yeah. <laughs> you can barely discuss it reasonably because <laughs> right. it just sounds so wackadoodle. Uh, but when you quit trying to explain that stuff away, you quit trying to judge it and you just document it. Mm. I think you find that there's a lot more going on with you than you realize. I agree. I, I like to tell people, with prayers, which I consider prayers spell casting. So with your mm -hmm. prayers or your spells, sometimes you're putting feet on them. You have to put feet on them. And I think those ideas that come to you, I see those either from your own intuition, your own gifts, from outside sources, whatever they're coming from, they're allowing you to put feet on whatever it is that you are doing a spell for, doing a prayer for. And, you know, too many people, you know, they'll sit at home and they do a spell or they want to get a good job and they do all these candle spells and stuff to get a good job and they're not putting themselves <laughs> out there and doing a damn interview and filling out applications. It's like it's supposed to just poof in front of them. Get out there and put feet on that spell. SpongeBob is not going to give you a job. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's true. And... Uh, I'm on a, another weekly broadcast called Witch Hat Chats uh, with Nikki Kirby. Uh, we're on Sundays, uh, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the things that comes up a lot in our conversation is that witchcraft is work. Mm. There is work. There yes. is work to do the thing. Mm -hmm. And then you got to go, you, you, like you said, put legs on it. Yeah. Uh, and and if you're if you're incorporating magic, you're bringing some extra edge into what you're doing. Yeah. Right. You're 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 bringing everything that you got to it, but you still got to do it like a human being. Right. And so many people miss that. And also, I think people miss 
that that the universe creates little training programs for you when you're not ready for something mm. that when you ask for something that is really big uh, or that is beyond your where you are right now that it appears not to work yeah but it is working toward it I agree. Yeah. By helping you build up what you got to build up and connect with what you connect with. And so that's an area where I think magic and science are very related is when a scientist does an experiment and it doesn't work out. They go to the data, they go to the methodology, they go, why didn't that do what I expected? Mm. And the answer might be because your expectations were wrong. And that's not the way the universe works. <laughs> 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 start again different yeah. theory right. right but sometimes it is that there was some fault in the methodology mm. that has to be discovered and i think you and i talked about intention quite a bit on the last program the, mm -hmm. where we were and intention is i think a foundation whether you're trying to connect with things or manifest things it's so easy for us to get our intention a little warped and the result is a warped manifestation, a warped, a warped mm. experience. Yeah. Um, uh, usually it results in nothing interesting, uh, at which point we go, oh, we failed. I'm not really mad yet. Right? I, I, should, I should invest in sports. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, but often what it means is, is you didn't think something through. And mm. I would say that it is rarely that I didn't pick my herbs on the correct night with the right moon. Right, right. <laughs> McCormick will do you just fine in many cases. Uh -huh. Usually it goes back to that intention yeah. and, and that either your intention was not complete or your intention was contradictory mm. or, or your intention was not sincere. Yeah, yeah that you were putting out there something that that you think you're supposed to be putting out there instead of what is truly in your heart and mind your true desires we get awfully afraid of our desires because we're taught to judge our desires aren't we? yeah definitely you are gifted with intuition and you can step into your intuitive power. And an easy way to do that is by using affirmations in your life each day. They're really like magical words that you say to yourself. And you can start very simply by saying, I am intuitive. I trust my intuitive nudges. I am an intuitive person. as far as doing magic what would you kind of in a nutshell say to the question can you do magic wrong well you can do magic that is contrary to your goals mm. <laughs> right? mm -hmm. example uh one time uh, i was doing some spell work to bring some things into my world and better connection, better interaction and, and prosperity and that sort of thing. And things were starting to happen, but I noticed that it was pulling me further and further away from my wife. Mm. Not, not that, you know, we were estranged or anything like that. It was just, we were busy in different places and we weren't regularly having that just personal time together. Mm -hmm. uh, even just to, sit and watch a TV show where it was just scattered. And I realized as I looked at the picture I had painted for my intentions, I had not painted my wife into the picture. Mm. It was all about the things and the, the connection and all that. Yeah. And she was just assumed, I thought, right? Because mm. she's part of me, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sure. Well, no, not exactly. And I recognized that this was starting to, to turn the, the ship in a direction I didn't want to go. Mm -hmm. And so I painted her back in. 
Yeah. Which was not hard to do. Yeah. It was as easy to include her as it was to forget to include her. Yeah. But that was because I was paying attention to how things were going. I was monitoring the situation and I was adjusting what I was doing to fit what I really wanted. Hmm. And, you know, we're, we celebrated our 30th anniversary recently, right? Yeah. But I could have magically undone that if I had not been paying attention. Mm. Yeah, such a good point. Yeah. You got to know what your goals are and you got to be clear on your goals and you got to be honest on your goals. And don't be afraid to, to shift and transform your goals and your intentions. Right. And don't be afraid if your goals and intentions don't match popular social mores. Mm. If what you really, I mean, I'd, I'd rather you didn't go out and start killing people. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Or, or, you know, any number of, of things that, that are, are, are not good. Mostly because you don't have to. When, when you're really manifesting things in your life, you don't have to be destructive. You can just make things irrelevant, which is just as good for you. Um, but I think it's, it's really important to, uh, to find that honesty with yourself. And if what you truly desire in your life is a little different than what people think you're supposed to want in your life, that's okay because it's between you and the universe. But monitor what's going on, monitor the effects. Mm. You find you're being destructive, you find people you care about are turning away. Uh, if you find that you're having to fight more for what mm. you want, yeah. that, oh yes, you're getting it done, but it's always a grand wizard battle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that can be tiring. <laughs> and you're accumulating enemies and always having to, uh, right? that may be a sign that you've got something twisted yeah uh because that's uh i mean that that's a that's a great lifestyle if you're a novel right <laughs> <laughs> but in reality it's it's actually very stressful yes yes but beyond that you know uh, do do what feels right pay attention mm -hmm. and and refactor yeah and, and don't be afraid to, to talk to people who are more experienced and ask questions. And hopefully you have friends yeah. that are in your allies or in your corner here that you can talk to about this kind of stuff. And if you don't, that's something that you need to work on manifesting. Yeah, that definitely. Even if you're not part of a coven or part of whatever, you still need to have those allies, like Saul's saying, that, that community of support. You and I are 3,000 miles away from each other, and we're managing to chat. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. So as far as people preparing for this paranormal weekend, is there anything that people need to do to get the most from it if they're going to be attending? Well, I think that's one of the wonderful things about this weekend is we've designed it to give people a lot of ramp up. That's why we're doing it as a weekend instead of as just a, a night event. Mm -hmm. When you go to a seance that's just that night and you do all your stuff and then you show up and do the thing, that can be difficult. Mm -hmm. But here we're gonna get everybody together. They're gonna get to know each other. We're going to create a, a proper group out of these people. Mm. Uh, they're going to get to know us. We're going to get an idea where people are coming from. And it's all going to be in a fun way. And then we're going to go out and we're going to practice certain aspects of connection while we're being given tours and taught history by people who really know this stuff. And then we're going to get together to try to open up. So, so metaphysical equivalent of stretching you're going to be well stretched out mm. by the time we get to the point where we're going to do the big stuff yeah um, and you're also going to get good follow through on that because the next morning we're going to have breakfast together and we're going to talk about how that experience felt the next morning mm. after you'd slept on it yeah. and and that's also the point where people say you know I didn't want to say this at the time, but, and, and they come out with some of those things that did occur for them mm. that they were reluctant to 
own at the time. Mm-hmm. And that's really how all this stuff works. So this is very much come as you are. I would say that your goal would be to leave the gadgets at home. We won't stop you from bringing them, but uh, we won't spend a lot of time looking at that stuff. Uh, you can get your own recordings if you want to, but but we're not going to do any analysis as part of this. But if you have pendulums or other metaphysical tools that you like to use, uh, if you got your tarot cards or any kind of thing like that that you've wondered how to apply to this, bring that stuff and try and leave everything else behind and dedicate yourself to being with us in these things and not on your phone. I love the focus on history as well. Being a docent at a local museum, I'm all about history. So I love that you are able to have someone who's giving you the history of the different areas in the town. And some of what we'll be doing is acquainting people with some of the techniques to learn about locations if you Mm. don't know. They don't know what records are available publicly or sifting through old newspaper articles or or that sort of thing and we'll be looking into some of those tools that you can do because our goal is for someone who attends this to feel much more comfortable with their own ability to make connections Mm -hmm. and to go into a place they know about or a place they don't know about and be open to what will speak to them Mm. in whatever manner it chooses and and to accept that it's not there's not just one way some people see things some people kind of see things yeah some people hear things feel things taste smell yeah Yeah. right right and sometimes your intuition just hits but also things like pendulum and i when i go around we were uh, there recently doing a tour of the bed and breakfast uh, after we did some rearranging and I often carry playing cards with me uh, because the, the tarot cards are a little too ooky for some people, uh, <laughs> but people don't seem to, to mind if, uh, if I have playing cards. I managed to leave them at home because I, I rode with, uh, with Madame Z. And so I went, oh, well, let me go see if, if I can get some cards real quick because we would walk along uh, before we walk along. So I went to this little gas station and I asked the guy there, uh, do you have any playing cards? He said, well, we have these Mexican cards. And he led me to to the wonderful Mexican deck that has the, the old school art with the, with the clubs and the cups. And it's not, uh, it's not a full 52 card deck, uh, but it's got everything you need, numerologically speaking mm. um, and elementally speaking. And I'm like, oh, this is better. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> this is so much better. And what I did was when we walked along a spot, I don't necessarily, because of my background, because I started as someone who was very closed and purposefully opened myself, I don't necessarily connect with some of the vibrations the way that Madame Z does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I'm in a spot and I know there's something that I want to connect with, I'm led to do it, I'll pull a card. Mm-hmm. And the card will tell me something about the energy that's going on there. Uh, And that is perfectly valid. When I've done readings for people who are wanting to, uh, mediumistic readings where people are wanting to make a connection with someone who's passed off, I'll use the tarot. Uh, And and that's partly to make sure that I stay grounded with it. pull a card and and talk about what that card could mean and see if that feels like a connection to their person or if maybe we're connecting with something else. And we'll do that until we feel like we've made a hit. And they are participating in that as much as I am. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just the interpreter there. So even people that feel that they're not connecting, uh, this, is, this is where we're going to try and, and open you up on that and demonstrate to you that you are connecting, just not in ways that other people may recognize. Mm. Well, you've definitely convinced me that I want to see if I can attend. (laughs) Well, and I tell you, we're also looking to expand this. We'd love to do it in Bartlett again. Now this is highly limited. It's 15 people. That's Mm -hmm. it. And some of them, some of the slots are already gone. 
so so if if you think you want to do this you can do this jump on it now you can do you can do the the full payment of 555 or you can do a couple of payments of 300 if that's easier for you mm. so so we're trying to make this this easy and as affordable as we can but uh, we're also looking to do more with these spaces and we'd love to to do things where we have travel excursions where we hit different kinds of places mm. you know obviously places like new orleans jump out and and that would be great but there are all kinds of other little places that people are unfamiliar with uh, i bet you could tell me some stories about your museum oh i definitely could and lots of places around here in charleston charleston would be awesome for this i've done so many ghost tours i've gone on all types of ghost tours in charleston well, this is this is something that, that we'd certainly like to help coordinate in places where where other people can do it and mm -hmm. then we'll do the travel awesome remind the listeners where they can follow you online and where they can go to find out more about how to sign up for your paranormal weekend in bartlett Texas. so this is really easy madam z and i created a special place just for our collaborative activities mm. it is called paranormalseance.com okay and Perfect. if you go there anything that we're doing is going to be listed on the front page and it'll take you to other pages that'll give you full details and how you participate all right any final words do as thou wilt shall be the whole of the law love is the law love under will beautiful Saul thank you so much it's such a pleasure to have you here again and I would love to know what our listeners think are you going to go to this paranormal weekend what did you think about magic and the different things that Saul has kind of brought to your mind and y'all don't forget that right on this episode's page you can comment about an episode you can ask questions and as always you can even send a voice message and it might be used in a future episode and y'all also don't forget to mark your calendars for november 13th that's our green wild festival for witches and mystics it's happening online check out the link in the show notes i'm super excited about it take care and y'all be blessed Thank you all for listening to Bell Book and Candle. You can follow Mella on Instagram and Facebook at Bell Book Candle SC. That's Bell, B-E-L-L-E. -L -L -E. Or become a patron at patreon.com forward slash Bell Book Candle.